Guess who? And guess what? Footy Prime is launching a gin, and we're having a party to celebrate. Thursday, June 6th, join the whole FP crew for Footy Prime's one-night stand at Nickel Nine Distillery in Toronto. Come celebrate Footy Prime's one-ball gin with Nickel Nine Distillery mixologists on hand, Charmin's proper pies, meet and greet and photo ops with your favorite primers, and a live Atska's Almost Anything podcast. Footy Prime's one-night stand, June 6th at 7 p.m. till when we kick you out. Tickets at eventbrite.ca. Footy Prime, your almost daily footy fix. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Greg, and Andy, Jimmy, Jesse. Like there was no mention of entities or anything. I mean, listen, if we start, you know, playing the podcast like 10 minutes ago, man, that is going to blow people's minds, but we'll keep it quiet. We won't say a word because we don't want to, you know, throw anyone under the bus. But anyway, um, it's Footy Prime, the podcast. And Wong is here and Craig's here and Jimmy's here. and I'm, I'm James as well. Um, quite a week, I guess, in, in Canadian soccer, boys. Um, the Canadian Championship, which is really gathering steam, I think. Jim, you called a, a number of these games. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's getting to be something. I, I really enjoy these games. That There's a lot of emotion in these games. And, and partly, yet, I guess, it's because of the CONCACAF Champions League berth sitting there, which really helps, right? But it, it seems more than that because the more teams... It feels like a proper national championship now, and it's only going to grow. I agree with that. I think the the games have been pretty exciting. They've been really fun to watch. And it's always good when you got different levels of teams playing against one another, You know, whether it's League One teams playing against CPL teams or CPL teams playing against MLS teams. And it just brings something a little bit more special to the to this competition. And some of the games have been great. I thought that TSS Rovers have, it was a little Cinderella story knocking out Valor. They played great last night against Pacific. I thought they, they played ever so well. Unfortunate to give a penalty away in the last, what was it, 15 minutes of the match. Arguably, for me, not a penalty. You know, Hurd, Hurd goes over way too easy. Um, and it kind of just deflates them. Deflated TSS Rovers, and then all of a sudden they they Pacific go back again and they score again, and end up winning the match two 0 But I thought the I thought they held their own and had a, a great match, and it was it's just great to see. I love these competitions and the opportunity for these lower division guys to to play against you know the bigger teams if you like, and that giant killing situation which every MLS team is going to just dread playing lower division teams in those. Same as same as in England when we had to play non-league teams, Jimmy. It was like a nightmare. Oh, it was a, it was it was an absolute nightmare. You just wanted to get through the game, get the point, get the win, and get the hell out of there. So yeah. it's funny because the League One teams, right, are, that's their cup final when they're playing a CPL team, and the CPL teams is their cup final when they're playing the MLS team. So 
it's it's such a great competition. It's it's so fun to watch as well. And you could see a lot of the times, whether it's the MLS teams or CPL teams playing the lower teams, like you could see in their faces that it's they they just do not want to lose that match. And obviously Valor, Valor worst team to lose to a, a League One team. So they would have been devastated with that. You say that you didn't enjoy playing those games on the road, say, against a lower division team. But, I mean, I know how professional footballers are. You must have, part of you thought, you know what? I'm a bit of a big-time Charlie here. You know, I'm going to go to a small ground. The fans are going to love me. You know, coming out, you know, wearing the colours of, you know, Nottingham Forest or, or West Ham or Ips. Oh, yeah, look at me. Yep. Yeah, this is where it can be, boys. You can be me as well if you really want to be one day. No, hey, I'll, t- I'll tell you what. When you're playing the lower league teams, if you were at home, it wasn't too bad, right? Because you, you were comfortable. You were in your own setting. You knew the pitch. But when you were on the road and you played, a, say, a third division team and you get to the stadium, the pitch is a bag of shit. So you're not playing the football that you're used to playing. It's... It is terrible. It is horrible sometimes. It's. I mean, look. At the end of the day, you look back now, and you know we're talking, we're telling the stories about it. Uh, but it, it's always difficult when you go play in those those lower lower league teams and and at their stadiums. So was You're it worse? Not- sorry, Craig. Was it worse playing like some some young kid who's making his way through, but right now it's low division, right, and he's bright eyed, bushy tailed, or was it worse playing some old journeyman veteran who who just wants to fucking hurt you because he's so angry? with the fact that he never made it to where you are. He's stuck in the lower leagues. <laughs> well, yes, that more so that that's the case. Because there's no really, especially at smaller clubs like that, if you've got a young talent, he's not there. He's already made the move. So you're more likely to get an old veteran that are going to try to kick you. But you certainly aren't walking around going, look at me. you're just thinking holy shit let's get out of here don't make any mistakes do not lose to a non-league team because it's just the worst it'll be remembered for ever and let's go but not look at me anybody could do this just gotta work hard no fuck that yeah i still remember i can't remember who we playing one time when i was at force whether it was like stevenage or something and it was an old ground like really really old and the dressing room was like pretty much beside the burger stand. So when you came out, there's like all these old guys getting their pies and burgers and they're yelling at you. And then you have to go like through the fans to get to the pitch and you're just getting dogs abuse. It, it was horrible. Then you go back to the dressing room and you just smell the burgers. <laughs> they're screaming and yelling at you. Yeah. Yeah, it's not look at me then, is it? No, <laughs> just put your head down. Yeah. Get to that pitch. Smoke detectors going off because of the barbecue at the. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, TSS Rovers aside, but there wasn't any real big shockers this time around so far. The semifinals has Forge against Montreal, and the Caps against Pacific, which would be really good. Really interesting, a good rivalry growing there. Do, do you think the jump, Jimmy, from from you know provincial soccer to to CPL is, is bigger or smaller than from CPL to MLS? Oh, it's a lot bigger from League One up. Is it really? It's been a lot bigger because a lot of those teams, all those players, all work. Right, they've all got jobs. You know, they train a couple of times a week. So the, the jump is is huge from from that League One to the CPL. And then even from CPL to MLS is a, is a big jump. It's a huge jump. You know, Jimmy, jump. from a fitness level, it must be almost impossible to stay up with that. You know what I mean? Forget about the technical level, but the physical level, because you're saying, like, you're right, they're not training at the same level all the time. So it's pretty impressive that they can sustain it as they are. Yeah. No, it is. And you, look, you you got to remember, you know, even with – that TSS Rovers playing Valor and, and they beat Valor. That's those are one-off games, really. You know, if you ask those players to do it week in and week out and play against CPL teams, they wouldn't be beating them all the time. Mm-hmm. But do you think there would not be do, CPL teams? And the same for CPL teams playing against MLS teams. Do you think there's a possibility that they're that they're closer because there's players that are playing for the Rovers, for instance, that uh, have a job. They're not willing to play for CPL for $20,000 a season, but I still want to play football. 
and the rover suits my my lifestyle, my job, everything perfectly. Yeah. Some, yeah, for sure there is, and I'm sure there's some guys that want to, you know, make that jump into the CPL, but just, you know, they're they're not consistent, can't do it week in and week out, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. the, the CPL teams will be scouting, they'll be watching players in in League One, seeing which young players are coming through, and um, and if they're good enough, they'll take them. But you know what it's like with for for those lower teams when they're playing a bigger bigger club it's it's just you're playing on adrenaline you're playing on absolute adrenaline speaking of adrenaline too much adrenaline it seemed at the tfc match against montreal uh certainly in the stands tfc lose i mean listen we'll get to that game but it seems that (laughs) off the field is almost overshadowed what happened on the field although that might be a reaction of what's happening on the field at tfc there's a real negative sentiment right now around around that club it seems um which can be turned around pretty quickly with some good results you know how earlier it is in in mls but the incidents on on the pitch um there's the fight of course between the fans to the point now where montreal have banned the traveling support from from tfc for this weekend's mls encounter and then there was the incident post-match when um i think just three tfc players went over to the fans and applauded, applauded them, the fans or supporters uh, kind of got into it with Mark Anthony Kay in particular, to the point where the the capo of that supporters group threw the megaphone onto so, the pitch. Charm's capo is the like another term for captain of the supporters? Yeah, you, like you, see, you see the supporters sections, you see the, the guy or girl with his back to the game with a megaphone, right? encouraging the chants, starting things up, keeping the flow going. It's fantastic, right? Yeah. It's, it's a real part of football culture, but this guy went obviously too far. He was extremely upset, threw the megaphone onto the pitch towards Mark Anthony Kay. He was miles away, right? It was never going to hit him. Mm, but regardless, no. you just can't do that, Craig. It's the, one of the stupidest things I've seen in, in what, 15 years of TFC, 16 years of TFC. You just don't do that. Uh, there's a lot of finger pointing here, of course. But starting with that, a supporter getting that angry at, at, at a player. I mean, I, at this point in the mm. season, it just shows the sentiment right now of certain elements of that fan base towards this club. You know, I think culturally, just everything, everybody's Louis is in their effing minds. Like, it, it's the, the world's gone absolutely crazy. We haven't really seen that before, really, in professional soccer in Canada. Uh, you know, it, it, isolated incidents between individuals that are drunk fighting, of course, but that sort of thing where fights between fans. I've been seeing that before and it is an ugly look and it does not suit it. And it will absolutely affect the crowd going to games. If that sort of thing starts happening, they got to nip that at the bud. Uh, Cause it's disgusting. I couldn't even watch it. I watched it once and the guys in the stands. I'm just like, what? I can't watch this. Like it's just, and then you know, it's going to be the news. It's not going to be the game. It's going to be what's happened in the stands. And that's really what's, what's happened. So everybody, it is a lack of respect for, you know, individuals just in every walk of life just seems to be at an all time high. It's just people got to take a step backwards and look at themselves and, you know, show a little bit more respect to each other. I think. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, when you look at it as well, I mean, for me, yeah, it was, it was disgraceful the fight in the stands and it's pathetic, you know, but at the same time you're wondering, okay, well, if you know that Montreal is bringing a supporter group, why, why is there not security around them? Is, that, uh, that was for me. Like, I don't understand how TFC fans can get all the mm. way up to the top of the stand and have a brawl and not have any security around the Montreal fans. I think it probably down to we have generally been quite civilized at football games in Canada that yeah. we can actually put fans side by side and not... Because it's not part of sorry. the football culture here at this yeah. point, apart yeah. from a handful of idiots who think they're ultras and they're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They right. don't have the but foggiest what, idea. Don't bring you, that shit to this country. No, but they still should have had people there. They should have had security around them. Play it safe, right? Protect everything, but they didn't. I agree, and they will. I mean, listen, if, it, if there's going to be issues between two teams, it's going to be Montreal and Toronto. There's been issues before, right? Certainly yeah. in Montreal. Um, if you, if you just, just Google that, you know, there's a fan group has been basically banned because of issues in certain games, right? Um, 
there's a certain cost so, to this too as well like i mean toronto fc is probably thinking you know not not making it you know my what i'm saying is making it right but they're probably like you know there's it's expensive turning the lights on in that stadium it's not it's not cheap but this is why cpl don't realize that a lot of them the cost of what's going on um and they probably thought we can cut some corners on security we don't need to be paying Ugh, that, right? that drives me nuts that stuff but i to further to charm's point about montreal you said about cost but even financial costs they're closing at stad saputo on saturday's game they're closing the visiting supporters section of tfc fans and anyone purchasing tickets will be refunded they are in discussion with canada soccer major league soccer and toronto fc to ensure that all future events take place in a safe and secure environment what's incredible to me is to your point no security um but already this has a financial implication when all of these things add up to soccer. If you want to grow, don't cut corners, all that kind of stuff. But even more, mm-hmm. um, you know, to Sharma's point, don't take the shittiness of this supporters culture. Take the best part of it, right? Like to, to that's what kind of bothers me. It's it, to your point, Craiger, it's a it's a bad look. It is a bad look. It's terrible. It's disgusting. And, and I mean, Major League Soccer has got it pretty much right so far, certainly in the United States and, and in Canada for for the most part as well. They've got it right uh, from a fan experience side of thing and, and things. So, yes, the bottom line will be affected, but they're also worried, Wonger, that the bottom line will be affected long term, more so mm-hmm. if they let the fans in next week and they start fighting again. It could literally... Yeah kill a family from wanting to go to a football game for the fear of being you know hurt um and that happened that was in england in the 70s and the 80s there was no families there was no females at games it was just absolutely men and it was just a violent aggressive atmosphere bob wired in all this sort of thing going on it was just absolutely ugly so they managed to fix that we need to nip this at the bud as quickly as possible here yeah because i mean that started small too right a little isolated incident and it grew into this this culture right and, yeah. and one thing about north american sports is it can be passionate emotional but it's always you feel safe in the stadium it's very rare in north mm-hmm. american sports you don't feel safe in the stadium right and, and this was just a, a very small group of idiots we just mentioned that this is not a fucking riot all right this was yeah. i don't know what seven eight guys going yeah, at half, it maybe it, it, it wasn't much and, mm-hmm. and find out who they are and ban them the issue with montreal is you know banning the fans i mean i'm not going to criticize them for doing it they're their reasons but by banning the fans you almost kind of throw big gasoline on this issue that now there's a real problem between these two fan bases so so the next match are they going to ban away support you know just because this isolated is of idiots is now going to uh, prevent the the good Toronto FC fans, of which ninety nine point nine nine percent are great fans, for yeah, traveling and supporting yeah. the team. Yeah. And so this, yeah. this country Charms, needs traveling support, right? You'd the, say the, this is a bad a bad approach. Well, I, I I don't I can't criticize Montreal because they have their reasons. You know, they they I wasn't there. I didn't see what exactly what happened here. But you are. It seems to me by banning the entire away support, and it wouldn't be a huge number anyway. Um, yeah. You are. <laughs> you're punishing the vast majority of fans mm, for yeah. what was quite mm. honestly as pathetic and as, as you know, I hated seeing it. Um, it was a pretty small occurrence, right? Yeah. It was a few. I do, I, I do think there's a good idea at this point though, to maybe take a step back and do an investigation to see if there's some sort of rumblings under the surface here where groups are getting together uh, specifically for this sort of thing to get together and like the old days in, in England where you know the ICF inner city firm it was a the West Ham basic gang you know was up against you know another ultra group and and meeting in subway stations and fighting and so if there's that under but like you know something simmering under the surface I think it's in their best interest is to do this because if something did happen on the weekend because of yeah. retaliation, yeah. they'd be like well, what the hell their warning signs were there midweek you know so yeah. you got to sort of you know, yeah, I agree with you, and I think that's probably why Montreal looked at the situation. And went, you know, there there could be revenge, and we're playing four days later, right? Mm-hmm. So they probably said, "Look, let's nip this right now." Maybe if they played, you know, in in three months, they would probably nothing would have been done. They probably would have had the, yeah. the doors open for the TFC fans to come. But I think it's because it's so close 
yeah. four days later that they're probably thinking, no, we need to stop this case. There is revenge. And all of a sudden now we got 3000 Toronto fans coming up that want to fight. And- mm. yeah. So l- Break l- let me get this just straight. And Sharms is staunchly against separating this group and really doesn't, He's unhappy with Montreal stand, and Craig and Jimmy are for <laughs> completely. Yeah, that, that, isn't that how it works in, in social media, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I totally get where you're coming from, Sharms. You're absolutely yeah. right because I'm, I would also feel bad for the 99.999% of the fans. They're absolutely fine. They're going to miss a nice, uh, you know, a day away and, yeah. and enjoy a football match, which you're supposed to do. But on the other hand, you do understand because whoever's in charge is like, you know, it's a, it's in our best interest to do this. Well, you know, there's liability. Craig, if right. you're thinking about right. these guys got in a fight, yeah, no one got hurt as far as, you know, disability or anything like that. But if you, some guy fell down those stairs, which are very steep, concrete stairs, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, MLSC, who runs BMO with the city, the city's on uh, on tap for that. Uh, oh, yeah. Conc- like Canadian, uh, the Canadian, Canada soccer's on tap. All, all these entities, corporate entities, have liability amongst that mm-hmm. if they didn't provide proper security. Yeah, you're right. I'll tell you what I feel, I, and you guys are right. I, I feel sorry for the fans um, that planned ahead going up to Montreal because every time we used to play Montreal, there was you know hundreds of fans that were there enjoying the game. And you know, think how many probably booked hotels and booked flights or trains weekend away up in Montreal, go watch the football match. And, and now that's, that's wrecked for them. Yeah. It's, it's a great weekend away. Right. And that, that yeah. road trip, I mean, they are, they are our biggest rivals. I think it's fit. Oh, I say our, I'm living in Toronto. Yeah. Toronto, Montreal is one of the biggest rivalries I think in, in MLS It's fantastic. And you want to really nurture that and build that still young, right? You've got to build it, but you don't build it through <clears> violence. <throat> and by stopping, um, you know, fans from going to attend a game that doesn't help it. But, like you said, I understand why they did it. TFC are also um, put out a statement. They're investigating as well. They don't want this shit in their, on their turf either. It's embarrassing. It is. MLS don't look kindly on it at all either. Mm-hmm. You know, you know. maybe the, the three guys or whatever came over to the fans and clapped. And it's always difficult. And we talk about, you know, signing autographs and these sort of things going on. But just think of those three players. They make that move over there to, you know, we play like crap, but we're still going to have the nuts to go over there and go well done you know thanks for supporting us we were crap and then you take the a bunch of abuse so you get to sort of feel where in england where the players walk by fans because they're so embarrassed almost of themselves mm-hmm. and it's a bad look it makes it look like they're ignoring small children for autographs but at the same time they're actually so embarrassed by themselves of how they're performing that they yeah. just put their head down and and the majority of them in did that in the game. They all went in the dressing room, but there's three of them went over and I got to credit them for doing that um, in a situation where it's not going to be easy. It's always easy to go clap the fans and do the drum and the beat and all this and the Icelandic clap and all that when you're winning games. But when you're losing to go over to the fans and take some abuse doing it, that takes, that takes a bit of courage. Yeah. I think, you know, at the same time, you're, you're right, Craig, but you know, I, I I think we've both been in that situation where you you're you're playing for teams that are just going through this bad spell, the slump where things aren't going for you. You're performing terribly. At the end of the match, the fans are booing. You know they're not happy. You're getting abuse from your own fans. But that's sometimes where you know you you just walk to the middle of the pitch and give them a clap from distance and just say thank you and then walk off because yeah. you know when you get closer, you're going to get absolutely abused. I remember Matt Holland at Ipswich, he, every single home game, he would do almost like a lap, like right into the corner flags, right or almost like, so the whole pitch, right? But that's when the club was doing well. And as the club was getting closer to relegation, he was in that center circle. He was like, <laughs> his circle got smaller and smaller. That's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, smaller and smaller. Yeah. <laughs> Winning, you're in the stands with the fans. Yeah. Oh, and you're yeah. losing. You just have the, and it's that little clap. Yeah. <laughs> Golf clap. Just, just over your shoulder, just to the side. Just thank you. Yeah. And then you walk yeah. off. Oh, well, Jimmy, brutal. Jimmy, you yeah. were there. Um, one of our one of our friends on Twitter, Benedict Rhodes, put up a picture and was talking about uh hey, here are the here are the numpties who were doing stuff up there uh and had a picture. But was it it seemed I was watching, obviously, uh, Fubo TV, One Soccer, listening to you. But there did seem to have, and 
I feel like it was kind of a palpable. You could see it watching the uh, watching the supporters, like watching the people in the crowd, that it felt like a a different night, a yeah. different. Did it feel like that when you were calling the game? Yeah, you know when you when I was calling the game, I could actually see in the far corner the police and security all racing up to the stands because it, the fight was going on. But you could just feel the tension in the stadium as well. Was It wasn't good. The vibe wasn't good because the team wasn't playing well. They weren't performing. Montreal were all over Toronto. Uh, they couldn't connect any passes. Could have been uh, worse. They had that penalty kick missed. Yeah. Like, it, 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 was, it was a lackluster performance. And I think that's where the fans really started to get annoyed with the whole situation. Then Montreal scores. Then they scored again. Um, and it just it wasn't it wasn't good at all. And it's okay for the fans to you know yell and scream at the play. I think that's all part of it. You're playing like crap. You're going to take abuse. That's just the way it is. But when it gets disrespectful, and then it starts to you know start throwing things at each other and fighting in the stands, like you know, well, this is ahead of a supporters section, the supporters group. Right, right. He's actually the capo of a supporters group. His his job is to boost morale, be the hype man, right? Yeah. Instead of throwing the megaphone at That's the player. That's just like, wrong. what are you doing? What are you thinking, man? And listen, I gotta, Mark Anthony Kay, listen, he, he's the emotional guy. He's a passionate guy. One of the most emotional guys in that, that, that team. Wasn't, didn't have a great game. His team wasn't good. He, he needs to be more professional. He needs to walk away. He can't get in, in, involved in that shit. No matter what's being said, and we don't know what was being said, Right, although you can hear a fair amount of it from the, the videos, you got to just walk away. You know, he's being held back by by a younger player on that team, and you just can't do it. You know, it, it, you can't win that battle. You just no. can't. But that Sharms, that's where, as a player as well, you've got to read the situation. You got to read the situation. You know, the fans. I mean, and this is this has been. Bubbling. Jimmy would have been in the bathroom by now. I would have been in the showers. I would have been in the showers. But you got to read the situation. You know, this has been bubbling for a while now. The team's not performing. You're not playing well at all. You're not meeting the expectations that everybody had at the beginning of the season. They spent an awful lot of money on this team. And it's Toronto FC. You're meant to win. You're meant to win the league. You're meant to win the Canadian Championship. At the beginning of the season, when you look at that Canadian Championship, TFC's looking at it going, we need to win this. We need to get in Champions League. With the players that we have, and they're not performing, you're losing games, subpar performances, and then you're playing your local rivals, and you put a performance on like that and lose, you, you oh, gotta, yeah. you've got to read it and look and go, okay, look, they're not happy. We're getting booed off the pitch. I'm not walking over there. I'm going to give a little clap, and I'm out. Show my appreciation. But to go over there, yeah. you know you're going to get abused. And then to give it back to the fans, you've got to be more professional than that. I'm yeah, sorry. The fans really they, they want a they want a sounding board. And when those 100%. players came over, they they were them. And yeah. They were ready to go yeah. the fans. Yeah, obviously. Even the guy with the me- megaphone. I gotta say, I don't know who that individual is, but I bet he is absolutely sick of himself and to like looking in the because mirror. He probably lost 150 bucks on his megaphone. <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, I just want I want to make this clear. Once again, it's Charms who's on the side of the megaphone thrower, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <you're> right. <laughs> no, I'm far from it. <laughs> I made some comments yesterday in room 442. He went freaking nuts on, on social. He went ballistic. Um, I was talking to Mikey Singh about it too. And, and Michael, he obviously covers TFC on the ground, has done for years now. He was in the stands this, this past weekend. And he was saying, you know, all the years he's covered that team, he's never heard such negativity and never felt such tension amongst the fan base as he did that's what's happened right and it's still pretty early in the season in mls right but you look at what's happened so far with this team you know since bob bradley arrived they're 14 23 and 13 um that that wasn't the plan last year was a write-off we understand that bring the new players in the new signings haven't really worked out just yet now they've got a ton of injuries right now as well we understand that right there are reasons for some of this poor form but just two wins in the season and I guess that the, the fans have pretty short memories, Jimmy. I mean, they were champions yeah. not that long ago. And prior to that, there was a long time with worse football being played. But they just demand a certain level now, I guess. Yeah, they demand a certain level, but it's, it's work ethic. Right? 
I, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the team. I'm a fan of the club. I look at Insigne. What we're paying you right now. When you put that shirt on, work, man. Run. You give the ball away all the time. It's a lackluster performance all the time, week in and week out. You're, you're here to change a game, to win games and help win games. That's why you're getting paid this money. And you're not. You are not performing. You look at the second goal as well, right? Richie Larea gets nudged. Ball goes, ball goes out wide. Doesn't go out of bounds. Everybody's just standing. Bernadeschi's gone down the wing. I don't know where he's going. <laughs> and nobody's closing down players. All of a sudden, one pass, they're in behind, cross, goal. Like, there's no effort. And all the fans are asking you from you is to work. Work your ass off. They know that you're going to have games where your things aren't going to go well. No problem. But if you put a shift in and the fans can see that you're making an effort, then they can appreciate that. But they can't accept you not working hard and performing. They can't accept that. And that's what the issue is right now. Are you talking about Leafs or TFC right now? No, I'm talking about TFC. <laughs> I'm happy with the least performance last night. <laughs> the yeah, performance. Yeah. It's funny, right? Up until last night, everything you said there, everything you said there could have been directed towards, uh, you know, Mitch Minor, Austin Matthews, William Nylander. It's or so any, to- any Toronto team. Any Toronto team, yeah. <laughs> Your Toronto stars fans, you know, need to show up, right? Your stars criticize- need to show up. People yeah. criticize Toronto sports fans, right? It's a, it's a fun thing to do across Canada, right? But one thing about Toronto sports fans is they expect a blue-collar work ethic. As much as we're this big fancy city in Canada and stuff and all these high-paid stars, what fans want is that blue-collar work ethic that you, you, you bleed out there for your team and for your club, whether you've got skates on or studs. It doesn't matter. You bleed for them. Even if you're an average player, a guy like, like Ty Domi, for instance, fighter, scrapper, do, you know, the fans loved him. Love. Like, to this day, they talk about him. He's right? more like, beloved than Matt Sundin. Look, I'm, 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 watching, I'm watching the game, right? And I'm looking at the middle of the park. Schwanier and Rhea are absolutely running riot all over our midfield. It looked like our midfielders were running with parachutes on. Now, you think not one individual went, I'm going to get stuck into somebody here now, make a statement, and try to do something to get everybody going. Nothing. Not one tackle. No aggression. It was brutal. They got absolutely killed in the middle of the park. How hard was it to mm-hmm. hold back your words when you were doing the call, Jimmy? Oh, the amount of times I had to mute my <laughs> microphone was ridiculous. <laughs> well, here's, here's a fickleness, though, of, of football fans, right, is that a month ago, people are hammering Michael Bradley. Oh, he's playing poorly. He's not the same player. It's time to move on from Michael Bradley. And now he's been out for a few games, and the center of the park looks pretty soft. And people are saying, oh, man, we need Michael Bradley back. Oh, hope he's going to be okay. But he's not. He's out for a while. Apparently, they misdiagnosed the, uh, mm. the injury. So he's going to be out for a while. But that's the fickle nature, I guess, of, of the football world that we live in. Um, Champions League, Europa, Europa, UEFA style, uh, delivered this week, of course, the semifinals, first legs. Man City, Real Madrid 1-1. Pretty decent game there, wasn't it? Um, two, two very different halves. And I think Man City, Craig, would be pretty happy about that, going to the Bernabeu, coming out with a draw. Probably happier than, than Real Madrid, who won't be too upset themselves. Overall, a, a really good game. Yeah, it's one of them. It's like, well, we still have a long 90 minutes left, but Man City will absolutely be delighted with the, with the result. Getting a draw down there, for sure. But saying that, that first half performance, you look at Real Madrid, they are clinical. You know, they, they were hunting for that counter-attack, looking for those opportunities. And when they had it, bang, one shot, one goal, uh, with all the domination and possession that they were it, were willing for Man City to have. Um, but it was better for Man City second half. And, uh, yeah, it's great, great lots of chances. And, then yeah, it's an interesting tie. You know, Man City plays some fantastic football, and Real Madrid do too. But Ancelotti's got them set up in a way where, you know, he's given them the best chance to win against a side that they know that technically are – you know, superior all over for certainly keeping the ball, but that's not important to them. And they've done it before. Ancelotti is a absolute living legend. It's a great point, right? Because they did sit back and they're happy to absorb and they got the pace with Vinicius Jr. Who's just becoming one of these, one of the great players in world football, Rodrigo mm-hmm. on the other side, they just sit there and then they counter with such aggression. Right. And when you're taking on a team like Man City, 
and you're saying you go ahead and have the ball that shows some freaking gameplay some some confidence Harlem was mm-hmm. handled really well I thought by uh, Rudiger in, in defense there just 22 touches he had which is a few as of any player in the pitch three attempts on goal um, he did not look like the force that we've seen week in and week out in the Premier League yeah, they restricted his space. It was tight. It was like operating in a phone booth. Come Still managed a couple of shots on that, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, but not much. But Early. you look at that Real Madrid team, right? Camavinga, young guy, is just incredible. Playing at left back without the ball. When he gets the ball, he's more in that Trent Alexander role. Or should I say Trent's in the Camavinga role, right? Because with the ball, he kind of drifts inside. He's, he's not really a fullback. But uh, what a player he is becoming for France and for Real Madrid. And you look at Jude Bellingham probably coming in there. There's more rumors about Kylian Mbappe joining him next year as well. Uh, this Real Madrid team who kind of stumbled domestically this season a little bit, but could well still win the Champions League. They're going to be reinforced with some world-class young talent for next season. And uh, they're mm. going to be there for a while. Where that money comes from, I just don't get it. No, they keep finding that money, don't they? I've, I've read a few things, too, about the Real Madrid players saying that they weren't really impressed with, with Man City. Well, you know, the City have had their way with everyone this year, at least yeah. the last six months, right? And they held them 1-1. That being they said, start- going back to City, Jimmy, it's a different beast entirely, right? Hey, it's going to be a totally different ballgame. That De Bruyne goal, by the way, as, as good as the Vinicius goal was, De Bruyne just putting his foot through that thing. From a technical standpoint, it was just unbelievable, the power behind it. Yeah. And you can do it with both legs as well. That's a frightening part. Oh, they're, I mean, they're wonderful to watch. They, they really are. <laughs> From yeah. a goalkeeper standpoint, Craig, pretty nice game too. Edison was great. Couture was, again, just brilliant as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Both different goalkeepers, right? Completely, really. When, well, certainly from a a ball at their feet standpoint, where they ask so much of Ederson as well. You know, with his ball at his feet, playing out of the back, keeping the ball, possessing the ball. Courtois, this monster of a goalkeeper, it's been around. If you're if, a long if you're, time. If you're building a team now, Craig, for one game, one big game, who who and you can pick any goalkeeper in the world right now? Yeah, I was just going to ask that. Courtois, yeah. Who 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 are you going to be picking? Well, it's interesting because like. I think the way Real Madrid are playing right now, if they're going to sit back against Man City, I think Ederson would be a, a great addition for you. He's not going to save the shots, I don't think, in my opinion, that Courtois will. But he will absolutely help you on the counter and scare the living bejesus out of Man City if he was playing a goal for Real Madrid in, okay, that, in that style. If you're the manager of West Ham, which goalkeeper would you rather have? Courtois. Oh, really? That, that was quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Completely, again, different team, different style yeah. of play. They're not going to be playing out of the back so much. Yeah. And, you know, West Ham do rely on a little bit of a counter. Some of the players don't really suit that. Um, but they find themselves in a in a European big game coming up too against Alkmaar. Yeah, which is a fascinating story, Craig Alkmaar. One of those money ball mm-hmm. teams, right? Literally, literally. Yeah, Billy Bean is involved, who the movie Moneyball with Brad Pitt was based around. Because the, the Oakland Athletics had a Dutch guy played for them for a few years, and they become friends. And he, this guy went back, involved with Alkmaar, I believe, like five or six years ago, and brought Billy Bean in as an advisor to try to help them with data and reading data. Data is easy to get, but how do you read it? And I was always wondering in football whether the Moneyball would work and there's certain things you can't read, and even Billy Bean admits that. You can't tell from data what kind of teammate that person is, what kind of upbringing, what kind of education, what kind of parents, all these different things that is data that needs to be read in the proper way but needs to sort of be done differently. I think we've seen that at Ipswich where the, the signings doesn't matter how good a player you are. You have to be willing to be part of the community. There's all these different things that – uh, going to play when you're reading the data and it's just learning how to do that. But they've done it really well, really, really well against, you know, bigger, bigger teams. And you have to do that. When you look at a team like West Ham where their operational budget is well, 120, 130 million pounds, Alkmaar is probably about, you know, one-tenth of that, right? Yeah. I mean, even even Inter Milan and, and Milan, there's big talk about, you know, the, you know, the, the, uh, uh, 
Giuseppe Miazza Stadium is, and and what are they going to do with the San Siro? You know, because there's it's decrepit. It looks nice from the outside, but it's a it's a pig with lipstick. And there's been lots of talk about a new stadium, but their actual in-game revenue compared to say Tottenham with their brand new stadium, they're at about 130 million euros a year in match day revenue. Tottenham, the two two Milan sides are roughly around 28 30 million euros. So a significant difference you see for the Premier League, not only the TV money, but the actual game day revenue and with the VIP sections and all this is just way further ahead. So they need a new stadium, those those two juggernauts, the teams who have been absolutely massive. And I think outside of Real Madrid, Milan are the second most successful team in Europe. That's still, I'll tell you what, though, that match yesterday, I mean, it still felt like an old school European cup tie. It was amazing. The flares and the stands, you could just yeah. sense the tension there, right? It was a pretty good game with Inter Milan winning in the end 2-0. And obviously, mm. AC Milan really missing uh, Leal. But you, you just it was almost like, you know, back growing up, watching European Cup ties in the 80s or 90s from Italy. Like, there's a feel yes. about them, right? And it was back. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it does, it does give you that. Milan were the home team in this match, too. And they just came out flat. And Inter yeah. jumped on all over top of it. And... Old man Jacko really, he's been around for a long time. Uh, played well. They got up, but they were two up after 2 0. So could have been a lot worse for Milan defensively. When you look at the history of the defend- defenders that played for Milan and how bad they were defensively, they could be just only happy they didn't lose more, to be fair. You know, it, it must be so weird, though, as a, as a player, right? When you're at the San Siro, you share a stadium, you've got your own dressing room, and then you're pulling up to the ground and you're, oh, we're the away team today. <laughs> yeah so strange right <laughs> yeah i wonder how that works because i it, think it's it, gonna suck doesn't it, it? they've got I to mean, figure it out they've been there together since what 1945 or something yeah, like it's been yeah. a lot they've shared that ground for an awful I mean, it makes time. a lot of sense for any of these big cities right big clubs it doesn't make sense to have one massive stadium which you share it makes a lot mm-hmm. more sense than having two different ones but yeah certain clubs will never do that liverpool and everton will never merge <laughs> and share a stadium yeah. that ain't gonna happen you wouldn't think so, but these teams have looked into it. There was an architect that came up with a designer. It looked like a beautiful stadium, going to be called a cathedral, but financially there's been some problems, and that's sort of gone away. Both clubs have looked at individual opportunities as well, um, but eventually something's got to give there, because, and they both agree as clubs that they have to move on from, from that if they're going to increase their match day revenue. Yeah, yeah, one of the old great, great cathedrals of uh, world football, the San Siro, but yeah. Oh, amazing, eh? Bit of a shithole, but even shitholes are amazing because <laughs> they've got the history, right? I- I'd rather have yeah. the history, actually, and I-, I don't need frills in my stadiums, do you? I mean, you, you talk about Spurs Stadium and the, the newer-, newer Wembley. The new stadiums, they're, they're beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't need that as a fan. Yeah. You go to Anfield, man, it is small. It is cramped, right? But you can just smell the freaking history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something great about it. There's something special, isn't it? Look, I'll tell you this. I'm, I'm not a baseball guy as, at all. I don't like baseball, right? You go to the Jays, and I'm there for maybe two innings, and then I'm like, okay, get me out of here. I'm bored out of my mind. Get me a beer. Yeah, give me a <laughs> We should go to a 25 game. bucks. Hang out in the bars. Right? Yeah. yeah, I'll stand at the bar, right? It's just too slow for me. So I remember we were, we were playing New England, and Greg Sutton goes, hey, Jimmy, he goes, I got tickets to the, the Red Sox. And I was like, look, bud, I said, you're, you're wasting your time with me bringing it. He goes, no, no, come on. There's good seats. We're going to go, you know, after, after the game. We played an early game. We had to spend the night. So I was like, all right, I'll come with you. And when I got there, I was so impressed because it was that old stadium. You could smell the grass. It was like an old, old football ground. And the, the experience was completely different than what I was used to going to that concrete mess in the Skydome, <laughs> Roger Center, right? And you actually appreciated how old it was and the history that was there, the smell, you know, the old turnstile. Like, it was really, really cool. And you kind of enjoyed it a little bit more. So going back to the football, yeah, it's nice having these beautiful big stadiums, but it's the older ones that have the history and you, you can just smell. Yeah, that's urine, guys. You guys amazing. keep talking about the smell. It's, it's the urine. urine. Well, listen, the, the trough urinals. <laughs> yeah, that right. You need a trough urinal for an old, an old school stadium. Yeah, the, the right. The smell and the urine, the the urinals with the. 
ammonia pucks and just yeah, just, oh yeah, <laughs> in the sink. you get a high. <laughs> hey, by the way, in the washrooms, eh, Jimmy? Is that what you go? You go to the baseball games? Keep peeing on it. Peeing I'll, I'll peeing be in the that. washroom between inning one and seven. <laughs> yeah, I've been to Fenway as well a few times, and it is amazing. But I gotta say, does Sutz get his like his femur in the seats? Like, <laughs> oh, those are tight. <laughs> Like they're made for like guys who are five foot four. They're like, it was, they're so old. Right? Like yeah. I could not sit in the seats. Yeah, <laughs> Craig's got his legs over the guy in front. It's like you in the bathtub. <laughs> no, he was. Exactly. I'll tell you, this, was he was not comfortable at all. No, <laughs> like I was struggling, and he's he's your height near now. Craig mm-hmm. is using his toes to text the other guys on the other guy's phone over his over his. Yeah. Seat. Such has got the longest arms in the world, too. Yeah, he does. He could take the cap off the guy in the first base. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> he, he went over, his arms went over six people and he grabbed his beer. Yeah. Oh, he's amazing to have her when you need a, a long reach. Yeah, that's true. At a bar, it'd be really handy, wouldn't he? Just over. Yeah. I used to say to him because he was so big and I was a kid and it was because his reach was so long. He could literally like just lay over and get get his hands and stuff, right? I was like, just imagine if you moved your feet. <laughs> <laughs> How tall is Sutz? He's he's not as tall as you though, is he? Um, pretty close. Yeah, he he's close. Up there. Six five, yeah. Oh yeah, okay. Six five with a seven foot wingspan. Yeah, yeah. Those were the days. Mm. Yeah, old stadiums. I mean, listen, that being said, I mean, listen, the, the, the Rogers Center apparently is great this year. They've got all those new bars. You know, you can do so much now without watching the baseball, which is never a bad thing, right? Well, that's so the idea, the right? Without watching the game. It's a pastime. Baseball, you, it's, you just got to yeah. think of it differently. It's a pastime. It's the best way to put it. It's used all the time. But I enjoy it. You go to the game and go there for the party and you wait for a crack at the bat and you turn around once every hour and something happens. Yep, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I, I, I think I may have mentioned this story before. A few years ago now, I went to uh, the Jays opener. It was in Cleveland. Coldest freaking day ever. And it was that 14 or 15 inning record game. And I went with some guys and I thought, they're from the score. And I thought, hey, great. You know, go have some pints. You know, it'd be, it's actually my birthday, actually, of all things. And it'd be great. But it turns out these guys I went with are all hardcore baseball guys. Hardcore. They were actually scoring the game oh. themselves and weren't drinking beer. And it was, I mean, the guys listening know who they are, and, and I hate you. <laughs> Making yeah. me go there and stay the whole game. I think it was like 14, 15 innings, and it was like minus God knows what. It was Not only that, brutal. they stopped serving after the seventh inning. Seventh so inning. You, you, you had a whole other game. Yeah, exactly. Of no drinking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't much fun. And Everything they have 161 games left after that, don't they? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of baseball. <laughs> hey, listen, they've got the, the new pitch clock now, Jimmy. The games are faster. You'll oh, enjoy it. You never know. Way better. Are they? I haven't yeah, watched the, 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 Honestly, Wonger is that they should have done this year. They tried to make it, the game faster, but until they put a clock on them, it never worked. What's the they've clock? Done it. What's the clock now? Like 30 seconds per pitch? 10 no, seconds? No. It? It's basically like. 10 seconds, isn't it? I don't know exactly. You get a few, you get more when there's a man on base. Mm-hmm. If there's somebody on base, then the pitcher gets an extra few seconds more, but and they're you, on it. If you and violate it, the, the clock, then you, you it's a ball. It's oh. a ball. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a Jeez. Craig Forrest. It's a ball. <laughs> violate the clock, and it's a Craig. You get the forest. That's what you get call the, it. You get the ball <laughs> and a scrotum yeah. with it. <laughs> you don't want that you no. do not want that but you know what's uh, down at games because of the seventh even that is because the sh- the games are shorter the beer sales are down mm-hmm. oh. yeah, so they're, they're talking oh. about, take away the clock they are talking about aren't they um keeping it open to the eighth maybe i think i forget now what the all mm-hmm. the thing is the because of the new bars though they're opening the gates earlier as well though right so guys are getting there a lot earlier so it's two hours as, before the first yeah. pitch so they're actually still selling as much beer as they were before oh so these new bars charms allow people to hey we're always open come here not always open but it's earlier than than normal yeah and the panties is a, it's a great great time Oh, cool. So we should go there. And like, like Jimmy doesn't need to watch the baseball, but we can just sing some points at the, the Jays game. Maybe we can nice do a podcast. Day. We'll bring like the, the mini recorder and do a podcast yeah. right from there. Why See, not? this is what the, the baseball and soccer guys need. The baseball guys talking about going, hey, 
go to the Halifax Wanderers game. You know what I mean? It was an unbelievable event. There's a party. It was a great time. And not a big soccer fan, but, you know, a, a football game broke out while there was a party going on. That's what you got to create. Absolutely. Mm. It should be a fun event, right? Yes. And no fighting in the stands. That's the no fighting in the stands. Although, actually, Jay's games, they can get pretty volatile, actually, because it used to be, you know, the guys, <laughs> yeah. the young, they get so hammered, right? They get just smashed. Oh. They were up in fights at the Jay's games. It's just amongst Jay's fans, though. It wasn't oh, like, yeah. Oh, That's yeah, a, Yankees only fan. because, yeah, somebody looked at the girlfriend or something, and there's yeah. a, a title fight up in section, the 200 section. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is a great time, by the way. It is. We'll do it. We'll do it <laughs> for sure. All right. Um, well, 50 minutes in, boys. Uh, anything else you want to touch on before we you, get? You You mentioned the bus Busquet. Busquets? Busquets. Sergio Busquets, he uh, yeah, announced officially, he's kind of been known for a while, but officially that he is leaving Barcelona end of the season. This weekend, he'll win his ninth La Liga title. He is one of the old guard of that club. Wow. Wonderful midfielder, old school one of the great purveyors of the dark arts. And uh, rumors are for a while he was coming to MLS, but guess what? He's probably going to Saudi Arabia now. Wow. You're talking about Loris going to (laughs) Saudi Arabia too? It's the new China, right? But even more money, which is crazy because, I mean, the Chinese Super League for a while there paid obscene amounts of money to get the likes of Hulk was there. Who else? Were there? I mean, their big names went there. Who was the guy Oscar? from Chelsea? Oscar. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. When, where? China? Hmm? Where? Yeah, China? In his Fellaini prime. went there, didn't he? Who? Didn't Fellaini go there? Uh, yeah, I think you're right. He might still be there, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Fellaini's a mercenary. And then um, who else was there, too? Oh, there's oh, the, tons of big names. The Southampton player, striker. Uh, oh, the, the good-looking Pella. dude, right? Pella. Pella, yeah. Patissier? <laughs> no, the other good-looking fella. Yeah. I was like, Pella, what, what are you doing? I was like, and he was in his 30s, and he got a whole, I don't know, like 50 million or something. I was like, wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, rewind your careers, Jimmy, Craig. You know, say you're you know, in your early 30s, and you're still playing well, got a good career in the Prem, or wherever yeah. you are. Um, and, and China or Saudi Arabia came knocking on your door saying, listen, we'll, we'll quintuplet your salary <laughs> i wouldn't do it i wouldn't do it i would especially like saudi arabia the way they treat women there until they treat them better i would just not turn i would i would a billion dollar? okay <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how much i know it's it tests your old moral background doesn't yeah. it look at leo Amy, messi Amy right? Walsh. quarter of a bill a billion dollars for yeah. two years yeah even leo messi with his, with his tourism deal there right you know yeah. he's basically putting the messi face on horrendous human rights records but are uh, you paying me how much okay yeah i mean amy walsh who yeah, <laughs> yeah. amy would go there to be never know, heard of her saudi arabia tour oh yeah i'd like to see that because she's she kind of stands on it you know she's a very moral person i just it'd be interesting if they somehow started a women's league in saudi arabia which i think uh, we will not see in our lifetime <laughs> no <laughs> just a guess but if they did if they did, and if Amy was still playing, what would it take for Amy to go there? Let's ask her on Friday. Oh, yeah. she'd be there for 150 grand. I don't know about anything else. You think 150 <laughs> grand? Okay, we'll set this for free bagels. Start there and see free bagels for the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Brought in from Montreal. That's right. Yep, yep. I'd what want to be right beside her when she signs that contract. They'd be like, oh, you can sign it, are you? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you sure? Here's a pen. I yeah. think it'd be more than a buck fifty. I'm thinking half a half a million should be there. One thing the Saudis have proven that everybody can be paid. Everybody, there's a price for everybody. Yeah. Doesn't matter if you're a golfer, a boxer, a football player, a Formula One player, like everybody has got a price. Yeah, really. Let's talk today about Fury and Usyk that being back on in Saudi Arabia. Oh, really? Yeah. It's got that fight's got to happen. Please. Oh, absolutely. But why? It's they're going to Saudi because they can pay them even more money, right? Like they're both saying. Hey, I want I want generational wealth for this fight, fifty yeah. million each kind of thing. Oh yeah, and the Fury, fa- the whole Fury family are they speak nothing but good things about Saudi Arabia, and it, you know I'm sure there's a lot of beautiful things about Saudi Arabia, but mm-hmm. there's some bad stuff too. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and, the, and the money's really coming from the Saudi Arabian wealth fund, right? <laughs> Let me ask you this, the sport washing, Craig. Let me ask you, when you see the, you know, be a Grand Prix, be a fight, be a well-known athlete, be a golf, does it make you forget about the other issues there? It, it doesn't make me forget about the other issues. No, not really. I just, I just, I just look at it in the point that it's like incredible how it actually works so well. I guess it does. It does. It the average person. Does. The, I guess the average person. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, look, look at the Qataris. They were paying somebody in the, a member of the European Union Parliament hundreds of thousands just to say nice things. Little and things boy, did she ever slip them in there? Oh, we'll do it too. Saudi Arabia Tourism Board. Doha is an business. awesome city. <laughs> Riyadh, awesome. Well, did it too, right? <laughs> speaking, I mean, speaking of politicians, which this is, there's no connection here to the Saudis, I don't think. But just we, she has come up on this podcast before. Is it the uh, the Finnish Prime Minister? Um, she is divorcing her husband. Oh, she she also got voted out. Well, she got voted out, right? Oh, did she? Yeah, she's no longer the Prime Minister. I do. Oh, I, I don't follow Finnish politics closely enough. I didn't know that. But she, yeah, she's um, she's divorcing her husband, so just putting it out there. So, so what, you're going to start a pie company out in Finland? <laughs> no, I think it was Jimmy was there. Yeah, I think you brought it up a few times, Jimmy, didn't you, in, in previous podcasts? Nope. I'm pretty sure it was you. Mm, no. No, it wasn't you? Maybe it was Craig. Maybe, who knows who it was, but it was someone anyway. And Anyway, she's available. Just saying, boys. All right. We're in an echo chamber, Charms. It was you the whole time. <laughs> you. Yeah, maybe. He brought it up. He referred to it. <laughs> threw other people under the bus. And really. Yeah. So once again, let me get this straight. It's Charms who's bringing this up. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, Good finish. Jimmy doesn't, even know. This show. Jimmy doesn't even know who she is. He's Googling it right now. No, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, that's about it for uh, this uh, usually Wednesday night show, but because of uh, other commitments, for example, Jimmy working his other job, calling games, um, we did it on Thursday morning, which it seemed to work. I think morning pods work pretty well, actually. My brain works better. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, we are back tomorrow, though, Friday, with news and dubs looking ahead to the weekend and all. That that will entail with, of course, the wonderful Amy Walsh, unless she's already in Saudi Arabia by time of taking. All right. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that. Keep buying newspapers and cheers for listening. FuboTV.com. You mentioned Fubo earlier, though, right? Prime. Didn't you? Yeah, I know, but I like to make sure people okay, know do it how again. To subscribe. Sure. Why not? Yeah. All, all the Fubo. games we're going to talk about tomorrow, you can find on FuboTV. So, subscribe. And one soccer CPL games you can get on Fubo. So, mm-hmm. yep. it's yeah. actually it's actually championship good games. You got, you, Jimmy Brennan, you could hear on Fubo this past week. I yeah. really like Fubo. Yeah, it's very convenient. I just felt like saying Fubo because you guys all said Fubo, and I just felt maybe I should say Fubo. Fubo. It's a great sound, isn't it? It really Fubo. is. Fubo. All right, bye. Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.